Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a move! LeBron James with no reward for human life. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Iverson against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win. To the Sneaker History Podcast. Friends and family. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Welcome to another episode doing well. of the Sneaker History Podcast. Franz here in an interview setting. His name is Michael Franz. We're going to call him Franz. That's Franz Franz if you're listening. And in these type of interviews, we like to have a conversation with somebody where maybe you walk away from this listening and you learn something. So Mike, Michael, <laughs> Franz, as we'll be calling it in the interview, how are you, man? How's life? I'm good, man. I'm here with you digitally. Was just uh, in person physically at your house thinking that this was going to be a duet type microphone situation. But, uh, you know, had to go get some gas and head back. And, you know, here we are digitally. Now we got the backdrop. You know, now we can do this back and forth. Um, you explained that it would have been a little bit difficult yes. uh, to sit in the space that you're in right now and share a mic. Um, I think it would have been intimate. But, you know, that's just intimacy me. is very accurate. I get gassy. So, like, honestly, that's why we're not sitting okay. so close. But you, you, yep, you did yep. get to drop off what we're going to be talking about today. Um, listeners, yeah, if you're uh, if you're not viewing this, I'm holding a shoe in my hands um, from friends and family, not and, but and family. I love that. Like in and out Burger. That's the first you know? thing I thought of. Literally. It's like, oh, in and out Duh. Yeah. Um, one of our favorite family-owned companies, you know what I mean? It's like, one of the not? best things on earth, just like these shoes might be one day. So Franz here is a footwear designer, owner, uh, creator, mastermind, however he, he wants to best define himself, of, of, of these pretty little things right here. Um, so Franz, I asked everybody first, like, what's one of your favorite shoes of all time? Like, what, what shoe got you, got you in love that ended up with this? Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm from Sacramento. So there were like, there were a couple shoes, you know, I'd say like, I'll give them three. Um, one, you know, true to Sacramento was like Dada Supremes and that brand was very prevalent to my childhood. So like a lot of like patent leather and like, you know, like big, big Chrome shoes, yep. you know, I remember the Spree Wells, like that brand was very, um, kind of prominent in my childhood i had the black and chrome pair that uh that chris weber wore a lot on court and uh wore those in my jewish federation league um and tore up the court loved them and uh, i'd say the second shoe um i had a love affair with because my dad had the pair he had a pair of uh, jordan three black and cements and um he had a relationship the he was a uh, 
a general manager of some Acura stores in Elk Grove, California. They sponsored the UC Berkeley men's basketball team. So we were, you know, fortunate to get kind of like thrown some PEs like Jordan Trunners and um, I think some 1016s back in the day. Um, But one of the shoes that they just kind of had on hand for some reason was a black and cement three. My dad was given a pair and he ended up like using them to mow the lawn. And so I'd like watch him mowing the lawn, like beating these to hell. And he would, he'd go shoot hoops in them too. And he warmed to the point that like the sole, like the, the air unit was exposed. Like he was where he wore down the sole so much from wearing them. And like, he just was, he really wore down his ankles and those shoes. But, uh, that's, but yeah, it's funny. That was the second shoe. It's funny. Cause it's like nowadays parents showing their kids shoes or being around shoes. They're probably coveting them. Right. They're like. Oh, please. Like, I'm never mm-hmm. letting these go. Like, I'm getting my kid fresh. Your dad got you into shoes. Coincidentally, with something he'd go from the grass to the three-point line in. Uh, that's f- fantastic. Yeah. And then the third the third one I'd give um, is the Adidas T-Mac 2. I really like the T-Mac line. I think that, um, like, the different design risks they took across their model line was so fun and refreshing and different as to like what we were seeing on the court and I'll never forget that all-star game moment where he wore the red shoe and the blue shoe. I mean, we've seen mismatches, we've seen what does, but like T-Mac predated all of that. And like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think he gets enough credit for kind of like wiling out as far as like the footwear colors. I strongly agree there. You know, T-Mac was a ahead of his time in many ways. So, and he had the ugliest shot that you wanted to emulate because it was just... It worked. He, you know what I mean? He made it look cool. He was fluid. It didn't matter how it went in. It just it just went in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's yeah. funny. Those three shoes, I can not directly see. Obviously, these are not patent leather or chrome, right? But... Uh, no, but no. I could see... That's just what started the love. The taste exactly, right? With time. But you know no, what I mean? starting the love. But yeah. like, you grew up in an area... And I'm familiar with Dada's too. A lot of our listeners likely are also. But like a brand who started and took some risks. And uh, I mean, you're following a similar kind of deal, right? Is doing it on your own, right? Somebody at Dada said, I'm yeah. going to make shoes. Yeah. I'm going to make basketball shoes. And that's a beautiful thing. Exactly. Uh, I love – can I take this out? I can. So we're here to talk about your, your yeah. brand, friends and family, your, your logo – here is, is is you with the shoe <laughs> popping out of your head. Um, is this called the 001? Yeah. Is that the model name? Yeah, so it's the model 001. Um, the colorway is the morning ritual. Um, you know, it's kind of symbolic of uh, over the pandemic, underwent a lot of life changes. Um, I was a traveling rep before who was, you know, eating steak a couple times a week, having hibachi eating sushi, drinking, you know, a lot of the weekdays. I was a 280-pound individual, um, and when the pandemic hit and travel stopped, I, like, kind of had time to work out and focus on myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of do some fasting during the day, start the day with, you know, green juice, banana, probiotic, and I uh, started to feel a lot better as a person, surprisingly, you know, all all the whiskey and red meat, like, so, so weird, but, um, but yeah, those, those changes, you know, really, really helped me. And, uh, 
you know, also like creating a list every day, um, taking a lot of inspiration from Tom Sachs and, uh, the 10 bullets that he lives by, um, in his studio. So like, you know, some of those things were picked up. I do his line drawing every day. That's part of my ritual. Um, but you know, uh, those changes gave me the inspiration and the follow through and the drive to like actually get the shoe done because, you know, as I, I'll get into saying like, there's so many steps that go into like making something like this, that every day you're kind of whittling down a list and like working on the, on the tangible things that you can to push the project forward. Mm -hmm. So morning ritual comes from the line drawing, the green juice, the banana, making your bed, bed. you know, making your bed every day. Where does, I mean, Um, I think the banana here is obvious and, and, and it's kind of yellow, but then like, where do the, what other parts of this are reminiscent of your morning ritual? So that, that tumbled green leather, um, and the green outsole are for the green juice. Um, that white, you know, is kind of embodies that probiotic. Um, the Harry suede is me just loving Harry suede. Just something I couldn't get away from. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I I um I had a pair of uh, Soland Dunk SBs that had the hairiest suede I'd ever seen on a shoe, and like um, when I got them brand new, uh, you could like blow on them, and you could see the tendrils of the hairs of the leather kind of blowing in the wind, tendrils. and that was like a quality, you know, kind of like uh, level that I wanted to hit with my first shoe, and so um, the the Korean pair that I have which you don't have in front of you. This was the first sample. Um, it had a little bit less hairy of a suede. And so when we went to Portugal, you know, that's a thing when you're making a shoe, like, um, and you go through different manufacturers, different development studios, like they have access to different materials. They may, they, you know, they do have access to the same soles. Um, so, you know what I mean? They do both have the Vibram connection. But when it comes down to materials, you know, they're they're looking for the best match they can mm-hmm. find. And so those were the best matches. Um, but, yeah, we can let's kind of like yeah. backtrack let, a let, Let's bit, go backwards right? then a little bit. I was just thinking the same thing. So these started somewhere in the universe as a thought and then probably ended up as a, as a photo or a drawing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how yeah. do you go – and I'll let you kind of riff from from here – but how do you go from a thought mm-hmm. in that brain of yours to what I'm holding in my hands? Like, however you want to go through that process, I'm gonna I'm let I'm let you cook. Yeah. So, um, let I'm, cook. I'll start by saying I'm I'm 31 now, and I'll be 32 this year. But um, nearing my 30th birthday, uh, a goal I had, you know, like you want to make a mark in the in, in a space that you love. And I thought um, I'd seen some people before me that had um, J Tips being one of them um, doing an amazing shoe with the Nike Bespoke Lab, right? So, you know, going in and spending a thousand dollars or over that to go in and kind of like pick out your materials, almost making like your one of one PE. And you know, should your storytelling be so great, like you know, maybe you're able to jam your foot in the door at, at you know, Willy Wonka's factory here and here in Portland, Oregon mm-hmm. or Beaverson for that matter. Um, but they closed the bespoke lab. So it kind of, you know, made me sit back and be like, okay, well, 
I still want to make a shoe a reality. It doesn't have to be a Nike, you know, it could be something totally my own. Um, but what would that look like? Where would I start? And, um, you know, being a traveling rep, like I said, I had an ass load of Marriott points, um, like, like over a half a million, I think something like that, like a lot of Marriott points. And, um, and at the time they had an, an iPad and an Apple pencil on their rewards program. And so I was like, okay, I'll just spend the points. I'm not going to be staying in hotels or traveling anytime soon. You know, given like this pandemic's yeah. going on, like hotels were like not even seeing people at the time. And so I got the iPad, got the Apple pencil, downloaded Procreate and just started sketching. and was like, well, you know, like what, um, while also like jumping in and looking at like, all that, you know, like one, one thing I started with was looking at my want list on goat and being like, what, what were the, what, what was present in the shoes that I wanted? What were elements that I, that I enjoyed from that shoe? Like, and kind of like jumping down that hole. And then also saying like, you know, what would the colors mm-hmm. look like? What materials am I enjoying? Um, that kind of thing. And it first started with, um, a much chunkier shoe, you know, like a much, um, more skate aligned shoe and here I'll kind of like show this is the first page of the zine and you're not a but like that was you're the not first. an artist so I feel like people are afraid I'm not a trained artist this is all this is all trial by yeah. fire this is just somebody who like wants to learn and has curiosity and like understanding that we live in the internet age so like there's so much out there for you to go and educate yourself with like I did the Fashion Institute of Technology's Yellow Brick Sneaker Essentials course to learn the ins and outs. Um, you know, I I just jump at opportunities that I see that, you know, can add any wealth of knowledge to, like, helping me apply those, you know, lessons later in life or later in the project. So um, it started with that drawing and then me saying, like, okay, well, you know, if if I want the differentiator at the time, I was like, the differentiator for my shoe is going to be a custom outsole. I'm going to be, everybody's just doing Jordan ones and dunks. Like that's all that was going on. I want to have a custom outsole and a full custom upper and just like, you know, knock everybody else on their ass. That was basically like my, my, um, inclination, my, like my desire to do. And so like, I, um, talked to a buddy, Larry Chogninu, who, um, his past work has actually all been, it's actually all on Nike.com right now. He worked with the Serena Williams design crew. He did their stash bag. Um, he designed her socks for her last release that looks sick. Um, but he's an amazing designer, um, amazing person in general and a good friend of mine. And he has experience in 3d modeling and rendering. And so he helped me take that sketch and basically created an accurate render of the soul. And then at the same time, printed that soul and, you know, gave it to me to be like, okay, maybe you can go forward to these manufacturers wherever they are and say, hey, I have an accurate soul, you know, like a model of my soul. What would it cost to get this done? And like, what would it cost to get the actual shoes sampled? What does the timeline look like? All that and kind of like go down that road. And in going down that road you know, you end up on places like Alibaba.com. You end up on places like, um, 
uh, there's a guy named William Lazary recently that's just been exposing manufacturers of big brands. Um, follow him if you have not yet. That's that's a plug for all of you. Robbie, can you hear me? I think you're muted, man. I was muted. Um, so I can breathe heavily when I'm excited listening to somebody talk. So I just don't want people to hear me <laughs> breathing phonetically. Um, all good. But no, yeah, I, I've seen that page um, describing uh, kind of like – what what the stuff we like comes from so that's a resource mm-hmm. like your your some of your kith products mm-hmm. like now we know where those manufacturers are so when the you know when the demand gets higher with this brand and i grow more i can start to like delve into you know more creative product lines and manufacturers like that to do um you know products like custom textiles and whatnot for the clothing that goes into the brand so hold that sample up again. Obviously, the 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 outsole you have there is not what we have here. Um, why yeah, is that? So that that is not what we have there. Um, when I you know when I reached out to and it was like thirty different countries like Italy, um, Russia, China, Japan, um, Thailand. Like I reached out to all these different countries trying to see like what the costs look like. And then again, like what acts, what their access to materials was as well. And the majority of these manufacturers wanted to say like, Hey, we have existing silhouettes. We'd love for you to just slap your logo on them. And I was like, that's not the experience I'm looking to offer. And it's not what I'm looking to do. And it's lazy, (laughs) you know, like that is not like there, there are going to be easy shortcuts you guys can take to do, you know, to get your product to market. But, the end of the day like needs to be special to you and and i would not even be able to muster the passion to sell a product like that because it's not yours you didn't do it you didn't do the work to get it to where you know what i mean that's i mean that no offense to alibaba but i feel like that's the kind of stuff you find on alibaba it's just random shoes that somebody slapped their logo i mean but there are very qualified manufacturers on that site because it's because they're it's it's basically like um a directory, you know what I mean? Like think of it like a giant ocean of different connections that you can try and utilize, but like, you know, it's not, it, they, not all of them. Pan yeah. out. Communication is tough, stunted, you know what I mean? Like, um, again, you're also dealing with people that are maybe eight to 10 to 12 hours ahead of you time-wise. So you're going to be waiting days for your responses. Um, and then you could send them IP that they turn around and say, he liked this design, but we're just going to say, fuck this guy. And we're going to take his shit and, and make it in our country because he's not going to know. Yeah. You know what I mean, so like you, it's a, it's a dance. It's always a dance. So I mean, of like knowing you like, broke what? this down for me in the past and kind of on the same outsole topic. Um, you just said you could, you could have a shoe, um, uh, presented to you that you could just slap your, your your branding on but the outsole i found very interesting because vibram listeners like myself probably see the vibram logo everywhere right they're on mm-hmm. so many different credible bands a lot of climbing Tons. shoes but like yeah. you you broke down for me one time that like there's just unused outsole designs or you know outsole designs for available for you and then you then design the upper yeah i mean that's that's like a um, a crazy part of the story, right? Like, because I did go to Portugal and did that shoe dog, that shoe dog style mm-hmm. trip, um, you know, and, and went to Portugal and went to the manufacturers and saw 
you know, like this guy showed me here is like, think of like Costco, like the height of like the warehouse. And, um, he's pointing out like, like, look at all of this. Like all you see are these giant metal blocks and they're all, they're all casts for these, they're all molds for these Mm -hmm. souls. And he's like, that's $8 million and just an archive of molds. So like me as a, you know, me as a designer brand, I could make this, um, I could end up making my own soul using it on a few models and then, and then like saying, Hey, put it in the archive. We're going to pull it out like in a couple of years, just like Nike will do with re-retroing issue every six Mm -hmm. years. Right. They still have the molds. So the idea of the product becoming more expensive years later is, is pretty wild because they've already done the work. It's extremely easy for them to produce the product at that point. The pattern is made. The soul is made. You're just varying the materials. demand is there. You have the scale. You have everything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, um, I get it because maybe it's like it's squeezing the resellers as well. So, like, you're probably um, cutting the mm-hmm. fat, if you will, like from from that entire industry, and then at the same time. You know, their legal team is going after, you know, tons of brands. So um, navigating that again, while making this is a dance. <laughs> navigating that, like draw your own design because they can come after you. And if you don't have the IP in front of you to say like, hey, this is all time stamped. You know, this is all my IP. Like I have like hundreds of photos. That's a, another big reason why every morning you're seeing me take a picture of this spread because this board behind me is just like ip that's growing and to say like hey it's been there it's done you guys remember seeing it you know what i mean and if you don't like i got proof it's all there you know what i mean yeah i got, I got so, proof. I, mean, I got the receipts they're right behind me. the zero zero one it takes a whole backdrop worth of stuff because i mean you're trying to start a brand right so more more than just a, a, a piece of footwear comes from that but just focusing on this footwear how do you how do you go through the process of having a shoe sent to you from producer X looking at it and being like mm-hmm. okay that wasn't exactly what I wanted from you I I need how, how do you yeah. how do you work your way through different variations or variants to get to a final so, product So so I'd say like um after I determined that, you know, hey, the outsole is going to be too expensive, right? After I'd spoken with the development studio that said, hey, candidly, you're going to be spending ten to $15,000 extra to make your sole. You need to look at Vibram and, and, or other sole suppliers um, to put on your shoe. And then, um, you know, so see if you can find something similar in this catalog. I found um, the Vibram Fort Williams sole. This is a print of the Fort Williams sole. Um, and that's the, the sole that we ended up using on the shoe. And, um, you know, so when I found this one, I was like, okay, I like it. I think it looks athletic. I think it looks sleek, but the design that I had at the time was chunky. It was a chunky skate shoe looking shoe. So when you slap that upper on this shoe, it was like, it did not work. You know what I mean? It'd be like, uh, um, putting, small tires on a Jeep Grand Cherokee or something, you know what I mean? Like just, it didn't fit. And so, um, I had to slim down that design and kind of retool the entire upper to fit this new sole. Mm -hmm. And so like when I'd come to a drawing of, you know, like of, of that sketch of saying like, Hey, you know, 
I like this. I'm at a point where I like this. Let's run it. You know what I mean? Like I like the soul now. Let's let's kind of work on a sample there. Um, I went through uh, a few different iterations, but like um, it starts with you sending them a tech pack, which um, you know a tech pack is is a technical drawing. So like still a drawing, and this is a version of a blank one. And during the class that I teach, um, you know, a big portion of that is kind of executing your tech pack and, and thinking about like what your actual shoe would look like. And then you're going to execute it on your miniature model, which you have there with you in the stew. Um, you can show that for the can. Um, so these these 3D printed model miniatures uh, in the class, you would acrylically paint them. And then I have 3D scanned each of those um, models and made them available to use in augmented reality on your iPhones. So I was showing Robbie that earlier when I was in the house with him. But um, that is a really cool aspect of it. Getting back to making the shoe, <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of aspects to this, but getting back to making the shoe when you, um, when the tech pack was executed, right? And let me pull up the. Okay. Yes, those were the sketches the shoe went through, right? Chunky, chunky, slim down. Getting there. Slim down some more, right? And then tech packs, this is kind of what that looked like, right? So, um, you know, you're, you're getting your colors on there, but at the same time, you're noting your materials in detail. Um, you know, you've got your quantity, your size, you've got your tongue tag there. Like you're really trying to describe as much detail as you can. Um, after that tech pack goes to them, they then say, Hey, we're going to go do some material sourcing and see what we can do to find the best matches for what you sent. You're going to then approve those materials, and then we can start on the upper pullover is what they'll call it. A pullover is when um, they don't apply the, the upper to the shoe yet. They've just made the upper on the last, and then they set the last on the sole. So it's almost meant to say like, hey, this is what it's you going to look like. What do you to think? Stitching and, it to and I said – Right, right, right. Exactly. So like immediately the call outs were, hey, I didn't ask you to flip the F around. That looks really submissive and not athletic and aggressive. And so I had them flip that around. Um, it looks a lot faster, you know, in the in the it's, current iteration. Like I did have it facing a good backwards. Way. I put on the side, kind of like the Nike swoosh has speed. Uh -huh. It gives me strength. Kind of like, I think of like a, a mountain. I don't know why. Yeah. But. Strong like yeah. bull. Or like rock, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but also like, you know, the cross stitch here, you can see they had the wrong color there. It's supposed to be like a, a you know, pale yellow accent stitch as well that you see on that mm -hmm. final. Um, the liner was white when it should have been that pale yellow. Um, so there were, you know, like a good amount of mistakes on this first pullover. Um, so, you know, I said, hey, don't even send me the sample yet fix that before you send it back to me. Um, and so they did that. And that's when, you know, I ended up with this first Korean sample, which is a much lighter outsole. A funny it thing. Looks like. Yeah. And a funny thing was right. They approved the design, but they're made in Korea, but they let me put made in America. And I'm like, you're, you were making it in Korea. Why would you let me like, you know what I mean? Like you guys could have pointed out at that moment that, Hey, we're not even producing in America. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, 
Okay. You know what I mean? I knew that the development studio was in the U.S., but their actual manufacturing was done overseas. And so, you know, I was about to be like lying to the consumer and that was not going to That's fly. pretty funny though, too. So, like, um, oh, you want to put a yeah, chocolate yeah. on this vanilla ice cream? Like, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah no problem. No problem. Um, and so, uh, you know, in getting that, that first sample, um, there were delays after delays and like some mistakes made. So to make it right to me, they made the second colorway as well, right? And executed that that um, you know nightly indulgence colorway that first studio did. Um, unfortunately, the minimums were a bit you know were a bit high as well as the price per unit. So I was kind of forced to go back to the drawing board and um, kind of look for other manufacturers and see who could reverse engineer that sample. Um, that's when I found the team in Portugal. Told them, hey, I want to come out and see how the sausage gets made. I want to like do the tour. I want to see the factories. I want to see that, hey, you know, you say that it's ethical and um, there are sustainable options for the future as well. I want to see all that in in person and understand like what the capabilities are um, for the future of my brand, for future footwear. Like, hey, I know what we're doing right now, but, you know, this is only going to serve as inspiration for me to going Mm -hmm. forward and, um, you know, me to see their process and also have a respect for the work. You know, something that they explained to me, um, you know, because we're going to be doing a pre-order model. It's going to take 12 weeks for the team in Portugal to produce the shoes. But, you know, understanding that, like, when I was going through the sampling process, um, you know, they explained to me, like, hey, it's, you know, it's going to take some time for them to get them for them to get your sample done. Because what I didn't understand was that when these factories are running, they're doing one skew all day like a thousand times they're not so they're the not same mixing uppers, in the same soul they're not mixing in so for you to ask hey you know i'm the american snowflake here that wants his shoe done this week you know what i mean like i need it done this week no. like that's that's kind of a tough ask because they have a history with clients that have orders thousands of times bigger than yours that are consistent money that's coming in that they already have a relationship with. And you're asking them to halt that production process and tell each of those people along the line, Hey, I need you to do this completely differently. It's like asking someone to reinvent the wheel like one time and then go back to the way you were doing things before. And so like to understand that, like I have a newfound respect for like the labor that goes into these things and, and, and also the turnaround time that they go through to do these things for me. Right. Like, I know they're jumping through hoops, but like to see it firsthand and to like know that, Hey, like they, they have your best interests at heart. Like they're, they're doing their best. Um, but you know, that's crazy to think about hundreds of people's jobs are involved in the production. of. I've never shoot. once considered, obviously we know there's probably a machine that stitches is probably something that presses, you know, the operations. And there are some videos on my, on my Instagram actually of like kind of showing the tour of the factory and like seeing, not my shoe getting made, but um, another brand's product, like kind of going through that process and seeing like there there are like so many steps along the assembly line before that shoe is made. Th- and we just think like, oh, it's you know, it's it's a machine that just boom, boom, boom. You know, like you wouldn't no, think that at there's all. There's so many people that touch, and you yeah. wouldn't think that you have to do one shoe at a time 
a trillion and get the whole site, get it all done at once. Cause like you said, there's a room full of tall ass room full of metal last, right? There's so many people that have to go. Like you wouldn't keep taking one off and putting it on one off on. No, you do them all at once next, all at one next. Yeah. And that's probably why let's, let's think really abstractly here. Like a, a Nike a Nike shoe yeah. tag, right? The shoe's birthday was probably what nine months before you have it in your hands. That's not because mm-hmm. they were sitting on them for nine months. Probably because they were like nine months out from you know. Yeah, I mean they have they have a backlog of people who are probably you know doing a quality check on thousands of pairs mm-hmm. a day that they're having to approve and say like oh this one meets our inspection quality or. No, this goes B grade, and this goes to the employee store and the sales section, or you know what I mean. Like, so you find all those things. So happen. you find the team in Portugal who's able to then make you more, if not exactly what you you envisioned. Well, well, yeah. first, you know, like first, um, they they did their first rendition, which I showed you, and you know, upon looking at it, I was like, guys, you know, like I think it's. Um, I think that there were some changes made, right? Like there was a chunkier back heel. The triangle. Um, the logo placement was a little bit different. Um, there was a, you know, this was pretty chunky here. And, you know, like you can see like that line right there is like, goes like mm-hmm. here. And like here it was, you know, a pretty big divot. And then on top of that, I was like, is is there something off about the sole? It looks different, right? And they were like, no, it's, it's the same sole. And I said, well, you know, look close. It looks like there's like a continuation of this line here. Maybe it's just a defect that's just on that one shoe that you showed me a picture of. Um, and they said, uh, they said, oh, you were right. You know, it's a defect, um, but it's not a defect. It's actually a cycling version of the sole, um, you know, that's equipped to be to be ready to go, you know, jump on your bike and snap in. So, um, you know, that's the reason that the soul had some, a little bit differences, right? was, was, there's probably, you know, probably some more structure in there to like handle the, you know, the, the beating that you're putting, you know, the tensile strength of a shoe through when it's pedaling hundreds of miles or et cetera. You know what I mean? So, but that's, that was also like a happy mistake because it was like, Hey, now I know that we have the capability to, you know, outfit a cycling team with a limited run of these shoes you know, in another colorway in the future. Like, that's pretty cool. We're trying to talk when we saw them in person. Like, that could be a whole thing. France pedals, right? Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, like you just described, there's you don't just instantly find your, your producer and have your spinning image right away. But ultimately, you do get there. Um, is yeah. It's all communication. You know what I mean? It's... So much, you know, like just being as clear and concise as you can and exactly what you want and sending as much reference as you can to, right? Because like if, you know, if I had a suede that I liked, uh, you know, that you could mail them that shoe, even if it's another brand's shoe, they can walk around with that, with that shoe in their hand and go to these, you know, facilities and stroke the furry yeah. walls and find the best, you know, the, the closest sample to like what you're really looking for. And, um, so you, yeah, the, the, the possibilities are endless. You have the shoe, you have a second colorway we'll discuss. Um, but you now have the shoe. You talked about going on a pre-order method. So then how are, now that you have a shoe, how do you get more of them? And then how do you get them to people? 
So, um, you know, in order to, you know, in starting a new brand, like you, you have no idea, uh, the demo, your, what your customer demographics sizes are. Right. So for me to make an uneducated decision and say like, Hey, I'm going to go make 400 pairs of shoes and I'm going to sell every pair. Like you could get stuck with a lot of odd sizes. Right. So yeah, you don't want to have, be sitting on too many shoes from the jump. Right. No, I mean, you know, that's a big part, like a big flaw that I've already, um, you know, I've made that mistake with other brands I've had in the past, um, you know, placing the big order and, uh, and then having all this inventory that you're sitting on, um, you know, that just is a quick way to, um, crash and burn your brand. So, you know, getting to start small like this, doing the pre-order, getting pairs out in the wild while at the same time, like, you know, building that, that analytic of like understanding, like, you know, what sizes are all of my customers? I have no idea right now. So, um, that's something that we'll be able to gauge for this first release. And then hopefully, uh, you know, going forward, we'll be able to build around that, um, with future shoes. So could you imagine finding a real foothold with women's footwear and it's like, you need a whole bunch of size five and a half. And you're just like, ah, that's what's what's so, um, yeah, exactly. Like I, I did not want to be sitting on a bunch of inventory like that, but you know, it was great when I contacted Vibram and, you know, like getting that soul kind of nailed down and understanding Mm -hmm. that like I can produce size four in that soul all the way to a men's 14. So like, you know, I guess a men's four is a women's five and a half, which that's still pretty small. You know, it covers that's... a lot of the small footers. Um, you know, and should should this shoe be a raving success, like I could tool the design to another more simple sole for sm- you know an even smaller foot, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Nike and Jordan and Adidas, all those big brands do. When you look at like the toddler size shoe, the sole is always different. Um, you know, it's never an exact like shrunken down version of like what you and me would be wearing. You know what I mean? So you want to have the ability to, uh, tool in any direction with like the Jordan stuff, right? Like the kids outsoles aren't why waste the money on having an accurate Jordan one midsole for a toddler. Nobody gives a crap. The toddler does not give a crap. Um, but so, I mean, you're, Starting with one colorway, right? We saw there was a second one based off like your nightly ice cream indulgence. But this first uh, morning ritual, one pair of shoes, maybe some, I see you wearing a hat. I'm wearing a t-shirt, some accompanying items with it. I'm guessing around drop time. Yeah, I mean, there'll be, um, there'll be, there's two hats. This, this hat will not be available. There's two like uh, puff vinyl hats that match the colorways of the shoes um, that are over here, uh, and uh, they will be available on the site. Boom, boom. Very clean, and that's all to go with the shoes. Yeah, I mean, all so to go with the, the colorways, um, and then there's some some merch behind me on hangers. There's a crew neck sweatshirt. There's and then there's three t-shirts. Um, I've also got some socks that are in development that'll be, um, done by the end of February. Uh, the same manufacturer that does dad socks, um, which is a fantastic product by Trinidad James. 
such a great product. Um, so I wanted to go straight to the source, make the best socks I could. Hence, you know, so we'll, we'll have I those never in had. I also know what dad I'm, socks are, but never had a pair. I'll have to check them out too. Got to check them out. It's like Gucci print, but, um, but with the word dad instead, very, very fly. Um, I'll also have the printed zines available, 28 pages of lore on the brand. Um, this is a logo that'll be on the back of the green t-shirt that'll be available. Um, it's a play on the Amy hardware logo. That's a Northern California staple. Something that I saw a lot because me and Robbie, you know, we were both swimmers growing up when there's tents at these swim meets, they got to weigh them down with buckets and water filled buckets. All those buckets were Amy hardware buckets. So that logo is emblazoned in my mind. I loved it. I loved the overalls, kind of like that hardware look. But I put my head on there and my hat on there. Gorgeous. If we build it, they will come. That's what she episode, said. Episode title. Shout out to Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, so I guess those processes around the clothing and the hats and stuff are similar to that of the shoe, right? Trial and error, finding the right yeah. teams to make it, exactly. sourcing the materials, et cetera, et cetera. And I was lucky enough. I got a team here in Portland. It's going to be handling my fulfillment. Um, shout out Morel Inc., my boy Mario over there. Um, great Lovely. people, family-owned operation over there. Um, they'll be shipping my shoes and all of my products out of Eugene. Um, so – when the shoes finish in Portugal, they get shipped to here to America. They're going to come to me. I'm probably going to personally sign every pair here in the house. And then I'm going to give them on to my Morel Inc. team. And they're going to fulfill all those orders and ship them out to customers. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how that process goes. I've in the past tried to ship everything myself. And I can tell you it is not fun. Oh, hell no. It it's is not. a lot of drives to the post office or UPS or whatever that is um so this this kind of business model is going to be a lot better um having a team that can handle that for me um they've also handled the build out of my site which uh will be coming out here shortly um that pre-sale is probably going to start in the next two weeks um robbie will be getting for the password one pre-sale for the 001 i think uh what, what is, is the price episode? of the 001 001 is going to be $250 US. Um, when is this when is this episode dropping? So I'll be, you know, I could I could drop a morsel here if if so. Um before, I mean, when when are these coming out? In the next like 2 weeks, probably a week or two, could be even sooner. This but you know, if it's going to drop this week, I could give the site password on the pod right now. Yeah, Put go ahead and give there. it. Why not? Okay. If you have it. It's going to be, yeah, I got it. It's going to be good morning, all lowercase, one word. Good morning for the site password. Um, we'll now purposely try to post this around yeah. that time. Um, so, Franz, Michael Franz of Franz and Family Footwear, we appreciate you giving us the lowdown. I had no idea how the hell a pair of shoes um, <laughs> even comes to f- fruition. So, Thank you for giving that to us. Where can they follow the brand? Where can they, what's, what's the social handles? Um, social handle for me is at welcome my friends. Um, social handle for the brand is friends and family footwear. I did want to add one more thing I wanted to share. 
Of course. Um, you know, like a big part of the brand is, you know, understanding that like Robbie knows as well as I do. We want to be on the friends and family lists of these shoe brands, right? Mm-hmm. We want the product sent to us, that intimacy feeling, getting the special box, the special, the special packaging. I want, you know, every customer to kind of feel that energy from this brand from day one. So there will be, you know, a special box. I've also hand designed that on the iPad. I made this out of paper and then I exacto and I've cut it out and put a little transparent window there because that's what the box will have. There'll also be a little cutout there for you to kind of like put your finger in and touch the tumbled leather logo, try something new. Um, here's a little representation of that box in 3D form. You know, got the little size tag on there. Every customer's friends and family, a brand. And then bringing the love that back is so to sneakers. Good. Yeah, I held that and earlier. It's that's like, what it's all about. When you see the little mini cars, it's like a very similar vibe, that little miniature. Yeah. It's just Hot fun. Wheels, Beautiful. You know? Exactly. Well, exactly. we're excited. We'll, we'll make sure that the people know where to buy the 001. I keep, the entire time we've been talking, I've been enjoying them, looking at them. So, Yeah. I mean, the materials, it's, it's just crazy having them in hand. You know, like as a kid. Yeah, no. You you dream this, but like you don't know what's going to happen. You hope, yeah. But you know, here we are, man. Shoe in reality, walking around, walking around Portland. You know, land of these footwear goliaths, wearing my shoe. It's crazy. Bringing the love back to footwear, back to sneakers. Pardon me, bringing the love back to sneakers. Well, sneaker (laughs) listeners, thank you for being here. Uh, Make sure you like, subscribe follow all that good stuff at sneaker history and have a good rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace. Hey, Hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the sneaker history podcast. Be sure to hop into our discord to answer this episode's the last shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.